0: This is episode 59 of Beyond the Bulletin. Hello and welcome to episode 59 of Beyond the Bulletin. I'm Brandon Sweet, editor of the Daily Bulletin.
1: And for media relations, I'm Pamela Smythe.
0: We're coming to you from our homes where we're practicing physical distancing. Thank you for joining us as we go Beyond the Bulletin.
1: And just like every week, we'll talk about some of the top stories featured in the Daily Bulletin and look ahead to see what's on the horizon both inside and outside Ring Road.
0: We'll also take the opportunity to speak with Waterloo people and personalities about key issues that matter.
1: As the new cohort of first-year students begin classes, I speak with Scott O'Neill for Marketing and Undergraduate Recruitment about the work involved in helping each new class choose Waterloo. It's a busy time for recruitment right now, and a lot of it's gone digital.
0: Yes, recruitment.
1: How did it go taking your daughter to university?
0: Oh, um, I would say the, the lead up was more emotional than the actual, you know, saying goodbye kind of thing.
1: The packing, you mean?
0: Like the packing and the thinking about it and sort of the last night in the house and, and all that kind of stuff. So it was, a little, it was a little emotional. I was a little emotional, that's for sure. Aww. So I think things are going well um from what i've heard from her so far sure
1: well i was thinking about all of you
0: oh well thanks it was uh it was quite a milestone mm-hmm. quite, the, the beginning of a real adventure for uh, for my daughter so one for the record books
1: hey we're at episode 59
0: 59 and feeling fine and without uh without further ado here's what's been happening well as pamela alluded to earlier the week kicked off the fall 2020 term Lectures and classes, online and in-person, began this week, as well as the cooperative work term.
1: Students are also back on campus for the first time since the spring, much to the chagrin of the geese, and probably the shock of the goslings who've never seen humans before. That's right. Uh, they've had the run of the place since March. The university anticipates that approximately 1,674 undergraduate students are living in residence in the fall term, with all but 126 of them being first years.
0: That's pretty wild. Um, i did the math I, that's great i'm <laughs> ironically because most of the students most of those students are in math the mathematics faculty this term as that is my understanding most oh. of the new most of the new students um or first year students oh. um and uh when i drove i just drove around the ring road uh this weekend and there were a lot of geese more more geese <laughs> than humans so I, I think maybe, maybe when, we, when you talk to Scott about recruitment, we should be talking about recruiting those geese, Yeah. Uh, getting some kind of ornithological program uh, off the ground, so to speak.
1: For anger management.
0: Oh, dear. Well, uh, it's not just the students who are back. Employee groups uh, are also coming back to campus based on their department or unit level plans. But the word is, if you haven't been specifically asked to return to campus, your best bet is to continue working remotely. Happy to. All members of the university community can help reduce the spread of COVID-19
1: by limiting your time on campus to necessary visits and by following public health guidance and the university's safety recommendations.
0: So a number of on-campus operations have reopened or announced expanded in-person services for this term. Uh, Recently in the Daily Bulletin, we covered a story that contains updates from the library, select food services, dining options, W Store locations, the student service center in Needles Hall, campus wellness and athletics and recreation uh, on the state of available services on campus.
1: Building accessibility also remains a top-of-mind concern. As we told you last episode, if you're coming to campus, remember that employees and students are now required to log their visits to campus buildings as part of the Campus Check-In Initiative. It's as simple as connecting your mobile device or laptop to the campus eduroam network, which will automatically record your username, building location, and time of connection. This action will help the university monitor building occupancy levels and assist with contact tracing COVID-19 cases.
0: The university has also published a list of academic and non-academic buildings that are currently open and accessible. For safety, the university has limited the entrances to each building, so please only enter through the designated entrance doors that are listed on the website, which will also be marked with signage.
1: Please visit the coronavirus website for a full listing of which buildings are open and their operating hours.
0: Well, it's time for Uber Eats to pull over because there's a new delivery service on campus. UW Food Services has launched two new dining concepts on their app that offer delivery and pickup, the Catering Eats app and the UC Eats app. Featuring delectable dishes like Poke Bowls, Rice Bowls, burgers, sandwiches, salads, and more, it's a wide range of offerings that will hopefully satisfy the tastes of a diverse campus. Now, when I hear the word Poke Bowl, I think of Pokemon. And then I think, well, is that what Pikachu eats?
1: <laughs> can't even again, say it. <laughs> again with the video games. Oh, my gosh. Time to cleanse your palate, Brandon. Indeed. Meal, uh, meals in the Catering Eats app are offered in single portions or four portions. Enough for the family or lots of leftovers. UC Eats provides lunchtime options for one, and you can take home dinner meal boxes for those nights that you just don't have time to plan. You know, it's amazing how little planning time there is, even when you're working at home.
0: I'll say. And whenever I'm in a meeting with my colleagues, I I try and turn off my camera if I'm going to be eating because nobody needs to see me eat.
1: <laughs> the best part of this new initiative is that food services isn't going to get you at those hidden costs. There's no delivery charge, no service fee, and no tipping. The UW Food Services app is available on the App Store and Google Play. It accepts student walk carts and credit card as payment options. For the record, I'm fine with tipping. But uh, when we're in Rome, I guess you don't tip.
0: I guess not. uh, Yes, uh, I don't think the UW Food Services app would would apply over in Rome anyways. (laughs) If anyone were to deliver me food from that distance, I would definitely tip them, even if it said no tipping.
1: I would love food from Rome.
0: (laughs) In a message published in the Daily Bulletin last week, Information Systems and Technology warns the campus community that when checking email, you shouldn't take that fishing bait, and that's fishing with a PH.
1: According to IST, phishing emails are getting harder to spot at first glance. They may look like legitimate emails from your employer or from a company, but clicking on links can result in your personal information and accounts being compromised.
0: IST has shared some general tips for detecting phishing scams including hovering over a link with your cursor instead of clicking on it right away because the real link address will appear at the bottom of your web browser window so you can verify whether it says it's whether it's going to be going to where it says it's going you can also look for typos because phishing emails often contain typos and bad grammar which is really just laziness on the part of the the fisher the scammer no like I, no
1: it's deliberate is it Yes, they really? want to know how gullible you are. Yes.
0: Oh, so it's like a it's like some kind of test. Oh, that's even oh. worse. That's even more <laughs> nefarious. Because I I do demand a uh, you know a certain level of competence from criminals. Like yeah. I think we should all aspire to a higher class of criminality. <laughs> uh, the last tip is uh, verifying with a real source. If you receive a suspicious email supposedly sent by your manager or other department, you can find their actual contact information and then reach out to them directly.
1: For more information, visit the university's cyber-awareness website.
0: Well, it's the 21st century, so we should all be cyber-aware.
1: You know what? People could also go back and listen to the interview that I did with Jason Testart in our last season.
0: That's right. It was a very good overview of what to look out for and how to keep yourself safe so you don't end up taking that bait.
1: And the interview with Jason is episode 14.
0: Oh, all the way back there. Nice. Yes. Those heady early days of the uh, of the podcast—that's great.
1: <laughs> Unfortunately, cyber attacks were an issue back then, and I have a feeling they'll be uh, they'll be an issue for quite some time to come.
0: And now, here's what's coming up. Speaking of technology, the University of Waterloo has become one of the first five G smart campuses in Canada as part of a partnership with Rogers Communications.
1: Last week, Rogers announced that it has expanded its 5G network to more than 50 Canadian towns and cities, including Waterloo and the University of Waterloo campus, which builds on an existing multi-million dollar partnership agreement with Waterloo.
0: In a recent article published in Waterloo Stories, Charmaine Dean, the university's vice president, Research and International, explained that Waterloo's extensive research expertise will allow us to support Rogers in this initiative and continue to lead the way to an innovative future for Canada. Waterloo's new smart campus will be a live testbed for advanced research into the design and operation of the network and the infrastructure necessary to develop and test technologies that 5G will enable. Rogers is working with JEDI, which is short for Gateway for Enterprises to Discover Innovation. The partnership includes research on 5G smart city infrastructure monitoring and alerting systems, 5G asset tracking technologies and capabilities, 5G network design and operations research, 5G network slicing, which sounds pretty cool, and multi-access edge computing, or MEC.
1: Rogers and Waterloo hope that this partnership will spur on development of technologies and solutions beyond 5G into 6G and beyond. Beyond, there's that word again.
0: That's right. Beyond 5G. You can find the full story online in the Daily Bulletin from September 2nd. And now the interview. For many of us, September is about starting a new academic year, but some of us are already working on next fall. Students are already researching and evaluating their options for university next fall. Scott O'Neill is Interim Director at Marketing and Undergraduate Recruitment, or MUR. As he tells Pamela, student recruitment is changing with the times.
1: Scott, thanks for joining me.
2: It's a pleasure to be here.
1: I think that many people would be surprised that this is a hugely important time for universities to make their pitches to potential students.
2: Our research tells us that students are looking earlier and earlier uh, for what university that they'd like to attend, what program they'd like to study. And so it's a hugely important time for us. So while the rest of campus is trying to make fall 2020 happen, uh, my team and the other people that do recruitment on campus are already looking ahead to fall 2021.
1: Wow. One of the big events for recruitment is the Ontario University Sphere, or OUF. That takes place in the fall, right?
2: That's right. Normally at the end of September, there's the Ontario University's Fair at the Convention Centre in downtown Toronto. And that's, I mean, it's a huge event. We get get 120,000 people over three days coming through that. Um, We have, you know, 600 odd University of Waterloo staff, students and faculty uh, attending and being part of our booth.
1: Besides attending OUF, what does uh, student recruitment normally look like for our Waterloo colleagues? What are they normally doing?
2: There's a tremendous amount of effort that takes place every single year. So when you look at what what recruitment and enrollment looks like for the University of Waterloo, the last couple of years, we've gotten around 60,000 applications for undergraduate enrollment. Um, Roughly half of those get an offer of some sort, and that translates into over 7,000 new students coming into first year at the university every year. And so in order to make that happen... There is our future students website, which is one of the most highly trafficked parts of the entire University of Waterloo web space. We've got the better part of uh, 1,300 school visits and events that happen ac- all across Ontario, across Canada, around the world. There are social media campaigns. There are literally hundreds of outbound email campaigns. There are view books and faculty brochures and all kinds of publications that get done. There is. Uh, Our team, and again, we're part of the registrar's office, we've got currently 21 full-time staff. There's another almost two dozen staff across the rest of campus that are in faculties and the schools that are responsible in some way for recruitment. But so these 40 or so people across campus lead the charge to try and generate these 60,000 applications so we can make our number in the fall.
1: And so how has the pandemic changed things for
2: your team? Well, it's uh, as for most of us, I think it's made everything more complicated. And uh, as everybody else is doing, and uh, just as our colleagues are pivoting to deliver online learning and virtually delivered classes and labs and all this wonderful stuff, uh, we are pivoting all uh, the majority of our initiatives to be offered in a digital fashion. So instead of the OUF in late September, on October 3rd, we're going to have the Waterloo Virtual Fair, which is our, our sort of digital alternative to, uh, to that event. The reason you would go to the OUF would be to talk to a a prof, to talk to a current student, to get a sense of what it's like, ideally, in the program or programs you want to look at for the University of Waterloo. And so what we're going to do digitally is try and deliver some of that same experience. We can't uh, bring thousands of people together in one place. So we've engaged a vendor and we have a platform where we can have thousands of people uh, with us virtually at one time. And just the same as you would come to the OUF booth, you would get, uh, your barcode would get scanned or we'd capture you as a lead somehow and then you'll get routed so you can have a conversation with uh, a, a faculty or a student uh, pr- uh, member of our campus that's in the the faculty or program or, or domain that you're you're interested in. And we're gonna be able to do the same thing uh, digitally. So there's a platform that we've engaged with as a university and shout out to Procurement for helping us navigate that. It was very exciting for our team to go through all that stuff. Um, And so now there's going to be all that available from a digital standpoint. So there'll be presentations, there'll be separate chat rooms by discipline and Ah. faculty. And so as much as possible, that same experience that you would get physically going into that, that, that large booth at the OUF, you're going to have that same experience digitally.
1: Are you going to be inviting people to attend it or how will they find out about it?
2: Oh, my goodness. Yes. So uh, we (laughs) we normally rely on a whole bunch of uh, awareness campaigns that uh, the Ontario universities and uh, and so on do to promote the OUF. And again, high school guidance counselors know it's a thing and so absent that we are able to advertise the fact of uh, our virtual fair on a number of different platforms there will be email campaigns going out social media blitzes um, and the whole array of ways to make people aware that this is what the option is and like uh, likewise there's also all ontario universities have a stake in uh, the ouf and so the OUF website will become sort of a routing mechanism to guide prospective students, their parents, guidance counselors, and all those other constituents to the various ways that uh, Waterloo and all of our peers here in Ontario are delivering alternatives to the Ontario Universities fair. Hmm. And again, uh, that is one of literally hundreds of things that are ongoing uh, to help and help us drive uh, towards that number that, we, that we're trying to make for fall 2021. Instead of fall open house, where we would normally invite 10,000 plus students and parents and other people to come and visit us on campus in November, we are going to do the uh, Waterloo virtual open house on Saturday, November 7th. Um, instead of physically going to different high schools across Ontario and around the world, we're going to have scheduled virtual visits with as many high schools as we can book into that thing. So it's really, where possible, offering a digital uh, alternative. We're actually uh, even working on developing a live-streamed virtual tour. So not a recording, not a a video, but rather we're going to live-stream somebody walking around campus, giving you the tour experience to do the best job we possibly can, giving you a sense of Place right. So the fall open us will be delivered digitally, much the same as we're doing for the virtual fair. We're using the same platform for it, but it will be much more. It's that's farther along what we call the enrollment funnel. Uh, So it's different kinds of questions tend to get asked, and in November students are a little more focused. They've spent a little more time looking at universities and have a better idea of what they want. And so the content that'll be delivered in November is a little more. Uh, the fancy word, I guess, is more granular, more specific uh, and more unique to the the program of what it's really like to be here.
1: Mm-hmm. Are there any benefits for going virtual?
2: Uh, I think the good news is that we had already begun in a lot of uh, ways transforming our recruitment organization, our recruitment practices to be as digital as we can. There are certainly efficiencies there. Um, you can reach a broader audience. So one of the downsides to the Ontario University uh, Fair or the fall open house is that they're here in Ontario, so there's it's more an Ontario centric audience, and again, that's that's the lion's share of our recruitment audience. Uh, still, the majority of our students, not, not all of them, but a, a large chunk of them, are coming from high schools right here in Ontario, and so those in person events address that audience when we move digitally. Uh, it means that we can broaden that audience. So even though our primary focus will be promoting these events to the Ontario audience, we fully expect to get attendance from people across the rest of Canada and people in all the international markets um, mm. that, are, that have students that are interested in the University of Waterloo.
1: Right. For the first time, international students can attend the, well, they could have before, but it's certainly easier for them to attend the fall open house now.
2: The bar to attendance is far lower. It's not a case of getting a plane ticket in a hotel room. It's a case of having an internet connection and time to show up.
1: How is recruiting international students going?
2: Really, really well. Um, So overall, when we look at how the University of Waterloo is doing from an international enrollment standpoint, uh, we've seen tremendous growth in our overall international enrollment since I've been here. I've been on campus for about seven years. And uh, since 2013, there's been uh, really solid growth uh, virtually across the board in international enrollment. The, the biggest challenge we have once you get outside of Canada is just getting people to know who we are. Um, so uh, we are, you know, we're kind of a big deal. We're doing really well. We're popular uh, here in Canada. Uh, and we're growing in popularity in a, a number of key markets internationally. But, you know, you can walk, you can go into a, a trade show or a fair in, in the United States in particular. And there's, aside from a couple of pockets like Silicon Valley or upstate New York, there's a lot of folks don't know who we are. So that's one of the big challenges that we have internationally is just continuing to generate that awareness of us as an institution as well as, as, well as what programs we have. We're well known for a number of disciplines. Um, one of, some of the ongoing conversations we have uh, as recruiters is making people aware of just the scope of all the different programs we have. There's, the, there's over 100 uh, entry programs and majors that you can, that you can choose as a course of study here at the university. Mm.
1: So really, going digital could help raise awareness about Waterloo in places where maybe they don't know that much about us.
2: I think it'll definitely increase uh, our audience, uh, our ability to reach the audience, and I think it'll also not go away. I think that uh, we will inevitably, in my opinion, uh, return to versions of in-person recruitment because the University of Waterloo is very successful because of a lot of the facts and metrics about us. We're, we're kind of a big deal in co-op. We do that really well. Uh, our, our rankings in international rankings are pretty good. We are you a know, couple of decades going strong, Canada's most innovative university, so people know things about us.
1: Will international recruiters be going to
2: countries digitally then? So they are, uh, our recruitment team is already participating uh, often in the wee hours of the morning as we uh, have some significant recruitment overseas in South Asia and Asia where the time zones are a little Mm -hmm. difficult for us. And the team is already setting their alarms and waking up at one and two and three in the morning in order to conduct uh, recruitment events and visits and fairs there. And again, I think looking ahead to the future at some point, there will inevitably be uh, in-person recruitment again. I think that's a critical part of anything because, especially for an international student, it's a significant financial commitment as well as, you know, four and two thirds years of your life. And there's no substitute for looking uh, across a table or being at an event with somebody and having them tell a real story and give you a, a real uh, sense of confidence in what's going on and, and that you're going to be well taken care of and it's a good school and good program and so on. That's, I don't think that's ever going to go away. So even the conversation we're having now. Uh, I can see your face, we can have a digital interaction, but there's uh, a real value to that in-person interaction. And that's part of the reason the Ontario University's Fair continues to be a thing, even in the 21st century, where people want to people want to look you in the eye and have you tell them a, a story about Waterloo. So
1: on that, what can the rest of us do to support your hardworking team?
2: So I think there's three things I'd recommend for for the audience to think about. The first thing is don't be afraid to share your Waterloo story. Tell people where your favorite place to eat is on campus or an experience you had in a class or what it's like to fill your role at Waterloo. Telling those real stories authentically to your friends, parents of prospective students, all that stuff is, is super, super useful. We talked about uh, how we have a whole bunch of uh, staff, student and faculty come out to the Ontario universities fairs. So if your faculty or department is looking for people to participate in an event or a webinar or something to do for recruitment, sign up. We'd love to have you. And again, all of our research tells us that uh, speaking to professors, speaking to current students, speaking to people that know how Waterloo works and what it's like to be here is hugely influential and popular with prospective students. I mean, if this whole thing was a big stage production, a big musical theater of what it's like to be a student at Waterloo, our recruitment team, we're more like the producers and the stage directors. The real stars of the show are the students and faculty of the university. And then finally. And staff. And staff. And the other thing is encourage people to sign up. So uh, I spoke a little bit before about the future students website, which is uwaterloo.ca/future-students. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a whole array of ways that somebody can engage with recruitment, whether it's uh, downloading a brochure, signing up for a tour, signing up for one of the webinars or the open house or the virtual fair. All these things that we've got going on. Once you get into our system we have a whole conversation that we can start having with you as a prospective student. We can invite you to come to events. We can share tips from current students. There's uh, a lot of data that suggests that once you're part of our sort of recruitment ecosystem, you're far more likely to be able to make an informed decision about whether or not Waterloo is uh, the right choice for you as an institution. And you're more likely to be successful in your application, decide to come here and become Mm. part of the, the Waterloo community.
1: So don't just tell them Waterloo is great. Show them. Give them examples.
2: Exactly. Honestly, Pam, you can get a world-class education at any university in in, in Ontario. I mean, we're provincially regulated. You're going to have a good experience. It's There's really solid people at all the universities. So it's really not just about somebody being the best or not the best. It's you're going to have a great experience there. So it's really figuring out, is Waterloo the right fit for you? And uh, is the can you find the program that you want here? Mm-hmm. Um, and are you going to have a good time? Are you going to find people that are interested in the same quirky things that you are or want to play humans versus zombies in the tunnels or all the, all the stuff that our students do, you know?
1: Right. I tend to uh, gravitate to the lost people on campus. I can tell, you know, at, from 50 paces, somebody's September. lost. <laughs> and so I'll go up to them and say, are you lost? Where are you trying to go? And then that's how I have that conversation. But I'm working at home now. So what am I supposed to do?
2: I think that not everyone uh, is a recruiter. So to walk up to random (laughs) 17-year-old, probably not going to work for most of us. I'll do it, you know. Um, I'll do it. I think it's about just, you know, authentically engaging with people that are part part of your circle. You know, if it's a friend that has a student in grade 11 or grade 12, or somebody that's part of the family, or it doesn't even have to be something that obvious. I think just continuing to tell your Waterloo stories to people that are in your life, that's that's building the brand of Waterloo. That's, that's a good thing for all of us. And it'll in- inevitably have knock-on benefits to recruitment.
1: Well, thank you so much for being here, Scott. We will definitely put links to all of the events and the items that you were talking about in our show notes on SoundCloud so people can check them out.
2: Thanks. It's been a delight speaking with you, Pam.
0: Well, that about wraps it up for us this week. You can find all of our past shows and links about the items we mentioned in today's show on soundcloud.com. To ensure you don't miss an episode, please subscribe to the Beyond the Bulletin podcast wherever you get your podcasts and recommend us to your colleagues and Waterloo alumni.
1: And remember, be safe to help stop the spread of COVID-19.
0: Yeah, like mask up when headed indoors in public spaces.
1: If you'd like to provide feedback to us, we'll take it. Please get in touch with us via email at bulletin at uwaterloo.ca.
0: Thanks for listening as we went Beyond the Bulletin. So as I was saying, not only is my oldest daughter now at university, my youngest daughter has started grade 10. And for the first time, she is taking the bus. She's taking that yellow, the yellow rocket.
1: Remember that line from 16 Candles? I loathe the bus.
0: (laughs) That's a good one. I like that.